Well, people, it is a brand new week as we move through or start to move through the offseason. But you're locked and loaded on here. The hottest show on the streets. Number one form for Bama. Football news, notes, and information. That being in my own words, with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Excited to have each and every last one of you starting your work week with the best in Crimson Tide football coverage we're bringing you the show from birmingham streaming this to you via youtube speaking of the channel go ahead right now like the show up run those likes up drop a thumbs up on the show hit that subscribe button and turn all of those notifications on so that way you can have the best news notes alerts and updates on your favorite football program we're also brought to you by weownthefourthquarter.com that is weownthefourthquarter.com if you haven't done so already go ahead and copy you that four finger bling neckness four finger bling jewelry showing that support to coach saban the alabama crimson tie the student athletes in that tradition that passion that that desire of dominating and or owning the fourth quarter so check them out right now we own the fourth quarter.com get you that four finger bling necklace today not only are we streaming this to you via youtube but we got you covered right here on on our facebook and our twitter also so we got your handle here the facebook the twitter and the youtube so all forms of social media we're streaming you the show so no excuse for you not to be locked and loaded onto the number one form for all things Crimson Tide. Got to give a shout out right now to the man Jimmy Clay, who's dropped in twenty dollars into the uh, TDA hat in terms of donations and super chats. Appreciate that love. They're coming from one Jimmy Clay. But we got a lot to get to, a lot to discuss, a lot to talk about. So much going on in the world of college football. The University of Tennessee, an absolute dumpster fire. Got to get into that. But so much college football to dissect, to dive into, and we want you being a part of the show. And how you be a part of the show, you call in 205-448-1358, the number two, dial and call in to get your voice, your thoughts, your opinions be heard and made known on the show, 205-448-1358, and one more time, 205 205- 448 It's always a joy to have my brother from another mother, the man John Ivory, the man, the myth, the legend in the production studio doing his thing on today. And we got an awesome, very special guest coming on later on in the show. We will have the father of Alabama college football playoff national championship quarterback, Mac Jones. We'll have Gordon Jones on the show to discuss Mac and the journey and everything that he has seen his son go through to become not only a national championship quarterback for the Crimson Tide, but also now pursuing the NFL drafts. It's going to be awesome to talk to Gordon Jones a little bit later on in the show. But we start things off here. A couple of updates to get to. First and foremost, another Alabama assistant taking a different coaching job, and that goes to Charles Huff. The running backs coach for the Crimson Tide has accepted the head coaching position for the Marshall Thundering Herd, Marshall University. So kudos to Coach Huff. He did great things for the Crimson Tide, helping Najee Harris become a a two-time 1,000-yard running back, a unanimous first-team 
All-America selection and also the Doak Walker Award winner. So kudos to everything that Charles Huff did at the program, and he's now moving on to be a head coach at Marshall University. Also along with that, uh, how about Keenan Robinson, a young man of whom uh, opted out prior to the start of the 2020 season due to coronavirus concerns. The young man, the sophomore out of Washington, D.C., the former four-star who came in the 2019 class, he hinted via social media that he is back with the program. He is back in Alabama. I was able to confirm this with the credible sources within the program that I know, King and Robinson got back to the program on last week. He has actually been working with a close friend of his in the, the D.C. area, and they've gotten him to be, well, the workouts have gotten him to be uh, faster, bigger, stronger, so he is ready to be a marquee contributor for the 2021 for next next season here. You look at Crimson Tide football and already with a big, huge running back room here. going to be awesome to see what Keelan Robinson can do, what he can bring, because in 2019 as a freshman, he was pretty darn good. 39 carries, 254 yards, two touchdowns. Coach Saban spoke on him having the, having the juice at that position of running back. So pretty awesome here to look at Wanda Keelan Robinson hinting a return to the Crimson Tide for the 2021 campaign. But this leads us into topic number one of the conversation, and that being, uh, does Alabama, does Nick Saban make the move to bring Jeremy Pruitt back to the program? We have all gotten the news today. We have been seeing the, the, the rumblings, the rumors, the conversation, the dialogue for quite some time now that the Tennessee Volunteers, the University of Tennessee, would be cutting ties, parting ways, firing one Jeremy Pruitt. It happened on the day Pruitt has been fired after three years with the program from 2018 to this past season. Pruitt, a 16-19 and 19 record with the balls. He was 8-5 and five in the 2019 campaign, 5-3 and three in SEC play. And he was starting to really kind of get Tennessee back or try or working his way to get them back into being a very competitive football program. But the reason for his termination from the school was some recruiting violations. There happened to be some recruiting violations going on with the program. And this happens a lot of times, especially when you get a program that is average or well, mediocre to average and uh, they start and the program starts to hit on a lot of these four and five star guys that quite naturally or quite normally the program would not get. So then the NCAA goes, hmm, you know, this program is starting to rise a little bit and they're normally not this good. Let's see what's going on. Let's park our Winnebago here and see what's going on with this program and see if it's really on the up and up as it claims to be. And for Tennessee, it had gone from uh, kind of not getting an obvious four- and five-star athletes to the last few years here under Jeremy Pruitt. As we look at these recruiting rankings, 2018, Tennessee was ranked number 21 in the nation. Then 2019, it jumped from 21 to 13. And then 2020, it jumped from 13 to 10. And then this past, well, in the early recruiting cycle, this well, 20, for 2021, 
It's at number 15 nationally. So it's, it started to get more of the big-time recruits and a lot of these players it's not used to getting. So the NCAA, you know, starts to go in and do some digging there, doing some work there at the Tennessee program, trying to see are these guys really on the up and up and what happened. Recruiting violations have hit Pruitt, and the program has has decided to terminate not only him, but nine other assistants for the volunteers. Philip Farmer, the athletic director, is also stepping down as well. Now, will Farmer retire? That remains to be seen, but Pruitt has been terminated from the program. So, what what this means here, what, 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 what the meaning of this is, does Nick Saban, in the event that now the, the move has been made, Pruitt's gone from the Volunteers, does Nick Saban make the decision, does he make the call to bring Jeremy back to or bring Coach Pruitt back to the University of, uh, the University of Alabama? And the reason why I ask the question is, if he is presented, if Pruitt is presented with a show cause by the SEC, then the only way he could come back is as a defensive analyst, maybe as an on-field coach, maybe an inside linebackers coach, who knows. But if he's hit with a show cause by the SEC, then the main thing or the one of the only things he could do is come back as a defensive analyst, especially with the Jacksonville Jaguars targeting Charlie Strong to potentially go down there to the NFL and link up with one Urban Meyer. So if Pruitt is hit with the show calls, what that would do is she would not be allowed to recruit. She would not be allowed to be a a defensive coordinator, if I'm not mistaken. The only thing that he could do is either be an analyst or be an on-field coach. Now, also, Pruitt's buyout from the Volunteers was set at north of $12 million. So between 12 and $15 million, set north of $12 million Pruitt's buyout. Now, if he is hit with the show calls, Tennessee can mitigate some of that money and they don't have to pay him all of that money, but it becomes the fact of what does the SEC, what does the conference hit Pruitt with? Now, if he is able to dodge and avoid the show calls, then this cup of tea becomes very interesting because if he doesn't get hit with the calls, now he could be an analyst, he could be a on-field coach, and he can even possibly be a defensive coordinator. And um, as much good as Pete Golding has done at Alabama, and he's done good, and he has value, and as much as I have defended Coach Golding, and I have, when you look at the opportunity to possibly get a Jeremy Pruitt, that name alone, it's a bigger upgrade. It's a facelift. It's it's something better than what you would already have in Coach Golding. Coach Golding is good, but Coach Golding is not elite at this point right now. And for you as Alabama fans, as much as you guys have enjoyed the offense in the last few years, and you have, I mean, nobody within their wildest dreams thought that Mac Jones during the preseason would have a season that he ended up having. Very few people, and I count myself among the very few, very few people saw Jones being a 4,000-yard passer, saw Jones being a consensus All-American, saw him being a Heisman finalist, saw him throwing for 41 touchdown passes and taking this team 
and winning a national championship. Very few people saw that. Very few people saw, you know, Devontae Smith really having this type of a year that he had, winning the Heisman Trophy and things of that nature. And then very few people saw, you know, Najee Harris going from dancing in the backfield to being an All-American, unanimous All-American, being the Doak Walker Award winner and having the success that he had. So while the offense has been fantastic, in the back of Nick Saban's mind, he's got to be thinking – can we get some conceivable way to have both? Can we have both the outstanding offense that frustrates opposing defenses and picks them apart, but can we also have the dominant, elite, revered, respected, fearsome defense? Is there some way possible that we can have both? And it's not just Coach Saban thinking that. It's U.S. fans thinking that, thinking that also. Can we have the major offense? Can we have the explosive offense? But can we also have the defense that puts the fear of God in each opponent that this Crimson Tide program faces? So when you look at, Pro, when you look at Coach Pruitt here for a minute, just off his accomplishments at Alabama as a defensive coordinator 2016 through 2017, this is what Pruitt did in those two years, and it's quite awesome he was able to do this. Coach Pruitt, during those two years, uh, the defense gave up an average of 12.5 points per game. It forced 114 sacks. We're looking at 43 forced turnovers, 13 of those returned for touchdowns. We're looking at 219 tackles for loss, 131 quarterback hurries, 25 forced fumbles. We're looking at three unanimous All-Americans, Jonathan Allen, Reuben Foster, and Minka Fitzpatrick. All three guys were taken in the first round of their respective draft classes. And then also Pruitt named his last son, his baby boy, after two Alabama linebackers. His baby boy, Flint, was named after Ryan Anderson and Reuben Foster. So you can see the love and the appreciation that Alabama had for Pruitt and that Pruitt had for Alabama. But the question is, depending on what the SEC hits Pruitt with, does Alabama, does Coach Saban return him to Tuscaloosa in some form of defensive capacity? We'll take our first break here on the show. Don't touch that dial, just getting started. Upon our return, we take your phone calls, your ideas, your thoughts, your tweets, your chats, your questions. What do you think of the situation involving Jeremy Pruitt? We'll talk to you, the Bama Nation, after this. You're watching In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith, brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Get your four-finger bling necklace today by visiting weownthefourthquarter.com. Throw them foes up. Every sports fan deserves the proper representation. Whitwill Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care. In support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only $9.99 and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to WhitwillSports.com and get your title towel today. Remember the taste of Grandma's delicious sweets? Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes brings back those precious memories with just one bite. Each cake made from scratch. They make the perfect dessert to share with family and friends for any occasion, and ordering is easy. Visit emilysheirloompoundcakes.com. Click the online store and shop. Then pick up your fresh cake at the kitchen in downtown Homewood. Order yours online at emilysheirloompoundcakes.com. Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes, making memories from scratch. 
Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. Are back to the action here, folks, on a Monday, starting your work week off correctly. Hottest show on the streets, number one form for all things Bama football news. In my own words, with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. And before we get to those phone lines to take your calls, call statement brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. The number two, call in to let your voice be heard on the show, 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205-448-1358. Got an awesome topic to get to right now, and it goes to Devontae Smith. Will the, will the Miami Dolphins do the right thing? Will the Miami Dolphins do the right thing with the number three overall pick in the upcoming draft and take Devontae Smith, wide receiver from the University of Alabama, the Crimson Tide? Now, Smitty is a Heisman Trophy winner. He's the Fred the Cough Award winner. Unanimous first-team All-American. He uh, took home so many individual awards after after the 2020 campaign, he didn't have to or he doesn't have to go to the Senior Bowl. He doesn't have to go here. We know he's going to be a top three to top five pick, but he has decided to go down to Mobile for the Senior Bowl. Now, he will not participate in any of the events just due to the thumb injury he sustained in the college football playoff title game against Ohio State. But he will be in Mobile. He will be taking a lot of team interviews. He'll meet with representatives of all 32 NFL teams who will spend some time with the Miami Dolphins staff as Coach Brian Flores and his staff will be coaching the South team at the Senior Bowl. So with him down there, with Smitty in Mobile, with Smitty getting the opportunity to hang around the Dolphins organization, if I'm Miami – I don't overthink this. I don't shoot myself in the foot. I make this move. I draft Smitty, number three overall, to Miami because you've already said as an organization that you are committed to Tua Tua Tagovailoa. You have committed to Tua. Tua's your guy. Well, the number one way you can show Tua that commitment is getting him somebody that he is very familiar with. And after watching all of the dropped passes a season ago, whether it was Jakeem Grant or Devontae Parker or whomever the receiver may be, probably the only reliable guy the Dolphins had last season was Mike Gesicki at tight end. So to me, if I'm Miami, this is a no-brainer. You draft Smitty. But we take our first call of the evening. You're live on the show. What's going on? Hi, Steven. How are you doing? Doing well in yourself. Doing all right there. Uh, I was calling about, uh, heard it earlier, talking about whether Jeremy Pruitt or not should come back. I say we don't touch him with the 10-foot pole, Stephen. I don't know about you there, buddy. I mean, he, he's got some uh, he's got he, he's got some investigations on him. He's got some investigations on him. The SEC has to make the final move. Do you show cause him? Do you not show cause him? So there's a lot of murkiness behind Pruitt right now. Yeah, I, I just don't like those vials. You know, like like my guy says, you know, they're they're low down, they're dirty, some snitches. 
I don't want him or Fulham or anybody else coming around here, especially after we just won national championship. You understand what I'm saying? I feel you. I feel you. I mean, I, I understand a lot a lot of Bama fans would entertain the idea of possibly having Pruitt back, but with the stuff that's going on up there at Rocky Top, I, I agree with you. It, it, it's kind of you want to be very hesitant before or you want to be reluctant to go up there and make that move. That's right. Well, I'm, I'm just excited. I hadn't had a chance to call in a long, long time. But roll tight, number 18. Thank you very much for your show. Love what you're doing there, Steve. Appreciate the call right there. Appreciate that call. I mean, it's it would be reluctant to go get Pruitt, and I know Bama fans want to have that dominant, elite defense again. It's almost like my favorite football movie, Radio. Uh, Cuba, Gooding, Cuba Gooding Jr. did a great job in that movie where the football coach asked Radio, do you want the pie or do you want the cake? And Radio iconically smacks his mouth and goes, I want both. I want both, Coach. I want both. A lot of Alabama fans, you want the high-powered offense you do, but you also want that defense that strikes living fear in the heart of the opposition. And while Pete Golding's been good, he's been good, he has not been kind of the, I guess, marquee elite guy that you've been known having in terms of calling defenses, getting the call out on the field, making the adjustments, putting guys in situations where they can be successful. But the Pruitt's in a huge mess right now in Tennessee. But we take our second call right now. You're live on the show. What's going on? Live on the show, Carla. What's going on? Well, we lost that call right there. But continuing the conversation that is Devontae Smith, if I'm the Miami Dolphins, I don't second-guess this draft, Smitty, number three overall. We have seen the relationship between Tua and Smitty uh, throughout their time at Alabama. Tua threw two touchdown passes to Smitty, both of their freshman years in 2017, including the 41-yard game winner on second and 26 to beat Georgia in the national championship game. And then after that, when Tua became a starting quarterback, 2018 and 2019, we're talking about, you know, 17 touchdown passes between 17 scoring hookups from Tua to, uh, to Smitty. So if I'm Miami, I don't waste this. I don't second guess. I don't second guess this. I make Devontae Smith the number one receiving option down there on South Beach. Draft him right now. I mean, and on top of that, this is a young man that's about to get immortalized again in a Daniel Moore painting. But Daniel Moore painting will be entitled Heisman Heights. The picture being used was his catch against LSU over Derek Stingley. That catch, sick, ridiculous, awesome play right there. So if I'm Miami, I don't, hey, I don't, I don't put too much thought into this. Take Smitty, number three overall. Show Tua you're truly committed to him. That's what I would do. We will take, we're taking our next break here right now on the show. But upon our return, we sit down with the father of the national championship quarterback, Mac Jones. We'll have Gordon Jones on the show. You don't want to miss this interview talking with Gordon Jones after this. You 
know what we do at the start of the fourth quarter. We throw them foes up, but now you don't have to wait until the fourth quarter. Get your four-finger bling necklace at weownthefourthquarter.com. It's the first and only logo that captures the essence of all Crimson Tide players and fans as we represent the legendary Alabama football fourth quarter dominance. Get your four-finger bling necklace right now at weownthefourthquarter.com. Get yours today and stun on them haters. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. As we're back in from the break, folks, as we're back in from the break, check out this gift right here. A shout-out to Mac Jones and his entire family for gifting us, well, gifting myself here this football uh, for Touchdown Alabama Magazine, this autographed ball here from Mac Jones. Look at the detailing on this, John. This is some awesome detailing. Got the scripted A right there. Really appreciate Mac Jones and his entire family for gifting us this football here to the studio, and it just sort of, you know, really commemorates the the passion, the love, the excitement for the game that he plays with, and just, you know, uh, the friendship that I've been able to build up, build up with him and his family. So thanks to Mac and the entire Jones family for gifting us with that football. And speaking of the Jones family, we have a very special guest joining the In My Own Words hotline right now. So we make our way over to the In My Own Words hotline where we pick up Mr. Gordon Jones, the father of the of the national championship quarterback, Mac Jones for the Crimson Tide. Mr. Gordon, how are you? So happy to have you live on the show. Thank you, Stephen. It's a pleasure to be on your show. I'm really looking forward to it. Absolutely. So the, the the first thought for me here is when when you look at just this season as a whole, well, not just the season, going back to 2019 for a minute here, and Mac has to fill in for an injured Tua Tagovailoa, and he has a lot of success in replacing Tua. But then it, just take me through the off season, the spring and the summer. What did Mac do? Body-wise, what did Mac do preparation-wise to put himself in a position to not just win the starting job, but have the mindset to take this team and win a national championship with it? What was Mac's training regimen during the spring and, and summer before the season started? Well, Stephen, really I would have to say it started from the first day that he got there at the University of Alabama. I mean, I think he's followed the same kind of routine as, the, as day one. But the summer obviously was a little different because of the COVID issues involved. And so there was a lot of uncertainty of where, whether they're going to have spring practice or not, or whether they're going to be able to come to the campus, or whether we're going to be use the facilities there to train. And ultimately, uh, everybody was sent home. And so, uh, you know, Mac uh, put together his own little gym at our house. And, uh, you know, he worked out in a very regular schedule like he always does. And, you know, put together his playbooks, studied his plays worked out, and ate, and slept, and that's pretty much all he did. He had a friend from high school that was training to be a Navy SEAL, to, um, and he came by and was his workout partner, so they kind of maintained their own social distances, social distance and then had kind of their own bubble. They kind of pledged to each other that they weren't going to socialize or do anything like that that might expose them to COVID, and they 
we're workout buddies. And, you know, they, you, they, it was kind of funny because they would, they put the, the gym ultimately, we, we thought it was going to go in the garage, but it ultimately went on our back porch. And so we used to call it the yard. And so you could look out our window and we could see Jack and Mac working out in the yard, you know, and they were doing everything that they would normally do at the uh, University of Alabama and preparing for the season. So, you know, I think he was very disciplined about keeping his same routine to the extent as possible, even in these kind of COVID times and have to do it at home. So, just when did you see or at what moment did you feel like he is going to be able to take this team and do something special with this team? Because in the preseason, a lot of the conversation was on, you know, other guys not really putting the light bulb or putting the credibility towards Mac. But at what point, whether it was during the summer training or during the season, where you felt like my son is literally – about to take this team on a journey that we're going to be very excited about? I think two things kind of come to mind. Uh, one was the Auburn game at the end of the last season because, you know, obviously there was a lot of talk about the pick sixes and what happened there. But what I saw in that game was somebody that had uh, something bad happen within the game and then come back and put their team in a position to win. And so each time one of those bad things happened, he put the team back up on top with a score right afterwards. And to me, that was a kind of signal of Mac's maturity as a player and as a person, that he could take obstacles that came in his way and turn them into opportunities. And so I thought from that point on, I felt like pretty good about his chances to kind of move forward in the next season. You know, obviously Alabama is a competitive school. There's going to be great quarterbacks coming in every year. Uh, there was great, you know, you had Paul Tyson that was already there at the school. You had the five-star that came in. And, uh, you know, he knew he was going to have to compete, but it's no different than when he went there for the first year and he had Jalen and Tua there. So, I mean, I think he was used to the fact that he was going to have to compete. That's what you expect from a program like University of Alabama. I mean, they have another great quarterback coming in as a recruit this year. And uh, you, I think you're used to that. It's just a matter of whether you can battle your way through it and, and put yourself in a position where you can help the team. And I think he felt like he could do it. I felt like he could do it. And it was just a matter of getting it done. And, you know, I was very proud of him for the fact that he, you know, came out the starter. If you're just tuning into the show, ladies and gentlemen, we are joined here by the father of Alabama football national championship quarterback, Mac Jones. We got Gordon Jones here on the line on the In My Own Words hotline on a Monday. So, so Mr. Gordon, so here's my next thought right here, and it, it goes to – it, it goes toward uh, when, when you look at this season, when you, when you step back and look at this season, what was kind of maybe the biggest advice that you gave to Mac? Because just like the players, they have, they have their own pressure. They have their own things that they have to look at and abide by and adhere to. You know, as a parent, you try to not just not be the football parent, but at the same time, you try to give your children that, that, that advice that, hey, even though things may not go according to plan early on, stick with it. Don't do anything hasty. Don't jump off the ship. Stick with it as best as you know how to. What's been kind of the biggest advice, biggest tips that you have given to Mac while he's been on this journey? Well, I think to start off the season, you know, when we found out that it was going to be an all-SEC schedule, I mean, obviously for Mac, he's thinking like, you know, this is going to be the toughest schedule that Alabama's ever played in a regular season. 
And I think when we talked about it, what we really realized was for every very large obstacle, there can also be a very large opportunity. And so our thought was, and you know, when Mac told me about it, we discussed it, we said, you know, if you can win out, you have an opportunity to be the greatest team that Alabama ever had. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of great teams and there's no disrespect to the other teams that were great uh, that played for the University of Alabama. But in terms of schedule and overcoming hardships, the kind of the COVID thing that he had to deal with, I mean, I think that he did what exactly we thought he could do. And, you know, and to his credit, uh, you know, they put themselves in, in position of being one of the greatest, uh, maybe of Alabama, maybe of all time. So I was very proud about that. And I think from a more specific level, we had a funny little saying about keeping your eye on the meatball. And that really came about because, you know, when I was younger and I would talk to people that were fighter pilots or whatever, they would tell me the toughest job in the world is probably landing a fighter plane on an aircraft carrier at night in a storm. You, know, you got a deck that's pitching, your plane's rocking, you know, you got uh, – all sorts of variables. You've got a very small distance to put the plane down. And what those guys would tell me is that there's a, a series of lights on the deck that they call the meatball. And really all you're doing when you're flying into the carrier at night is trying to keep the meatball lined up in those lights. And so we, we kind of just said the same thing. Like every time, every game, said, Matt, keep your eye on the meatball. And the meatball meaning just focus on what you can control, what you can do. And the rest of it, all, despite all the chaos that's going around or the people that doubt you or the difficulty or, you know, Coach Saban getting COVID, just keep your eye on the meatball because that's all you can control. And if you do that, you're going to bring the plane in safely and you're going you're gonna to have a great landing. And I think I was very proud of him because I think all season long, he really kept his eye on the meatball. I mean, he kept it down to just I'm going to focus in on the things I control. It's the next play, the next next possession. And, uh, you know, I think as a result of that, he ultimately got to accomplish a lot of goals that he had had as, for a long time. And, you know, obviously there's a tremendous benefit to his teammates and the university and the team. So I was very proud of him, but it was keeping his eye on the meatball the whole way. He's earned two degrees here, Mr. Gord. He's earned two degrees. He built up his body for, for this moment. He earned a <clears throat> he earned a host of individual awards by just the night of um, the national championship when that clock hit triple zero and Alabama winning 52 to 24, and it's Mac being the winning quarterback. What 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 were kind of the first emotions that you and your wife Miss Holly experienced when the confetti's falling and it's your son that's led this team uh, wire to wire, undefeated, perfect national championship? What were the emotions of the Jones family? You know, I I, I think like for me, I don't get nervous at games at all. I mean, because it's just kind of competition, and I'm used to competition, and you know, I think having a steady disposition is is perfect for a quarterback and maybe for even for a quarterback uh, dad. So I, I, there wasn't a lot of emotions. I mean, I was very proud of him. But I tell you, today actually was the first day I kind of put down a list of everything that he had accomplished, and I got a little teary-eyed about it. I mean, it truly was like, wow, look what he really, you know, look what the team did, look what he did. I mean, it's just unbelievable. So, you know, obviously I, I wanted them to finish out the season undefeated and to win the national championship because that was kind of like the culmination of what we had talked about before the season started. I think that it, you know, it gave Coach Saban the one-plus win over Coach Bryan that you know, I think will be memorable in all time. Uh, you know, and it was just such a great Alabama team. I mean, they're, they're, the chemistry in the team this year was unbelievably great. I mean, they just were all in all the time for each other. You know, it wasn't, there wasn't a 
somebody that was taking the spotlight all day long, you know, and, and not letting it shine on other people. I mean, you had incredible contributions from everybody, from Devante to, to Najee to Billingsworth to uh, to Brian Robinson to Mechie. I mean, at the Miller. I mean, you look at every single game, somebody was stepping out, stepping up for him. Whether it was Najee scoring a bunch of touchdowns or Devontae coming through or Mac having a good game or the defense stepping up and playing. It was just like they were, they were just in sync as a team. And it was just, that was the incredible part. So to me, it was kind of like you know, the national champion. I was excited because it was over and it was, you know, we finally didn't have to worry about anything. But it really did take a couple days for it to kind of like where I went like, whoa, you know, they, they have really done well. So we're, I'm kind of at that stage now, I guess. So maybe I'm, I'm thawing out of my ice-cold personality uh, that I held throughout the season and uh, stepping back and trying to enjoy it a little bit. Now, we here at Touchdown Alabama, Mr. Gordon, we, we actually put together a cool little montage of videos for Mac Jones on, on YouTube. So uh, have you gotten the chance or have you or anybody in the family gotten the chance to check out the, uh, the videos of Mac that we here at TDA have put on YouTube, have created for the video platform? <laughs> No, but but I am because you guys do a great job with everything, and so you know I'm looking forward to as soon as we get off the show, I'm going to pull that thing up and uh, take a look at it. And I know you, like I said, you always do a great job. You have a great perspective on Mac. You have from very early on. Uh, you were you know a supporter, a believer in Mac, and I certainly appreciate that. And you know he he needed that type of outside external reinforcement for what he was doing. And you know I think that you always were supportive of him. And so I'm looking forward to what you put together because I know it'll be something great. Yeah, we actually have a couple of videos on YouTube. We got we got a full mixtape out here for for Mac, a full <laughs> Mac Jones mixtape. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. Our own John Ivory, video producer extraordinaire, putting those together. So appreciate John for that. But just kind of. Kind of my, my final thought here to you, Mr. Gordon, is just the preparation of Mac. What went into his preparation, you know, for this season? Because if you look at a lot of these NFL scouts, they talk about oh, he's so prepared, he does his homework, he's so thorough in his process and trying to be, you know, a first-round pick. What went into Mac's preparation full picture here? Uh, you know, Mac would l- – and I didn't. We didn't even get to see Mac very much in person the whole season, just because that was our choice as a family to try to help protect him. I mean, that was one of the things that people didn't recognize that each week, not only you have to prepare to play somebody, but he had to make sure that he didn't get COVID or test positive for COVID. I mean, even if he was asymptomatic, if he tests positive, he's out. So from that standpoint, it's a little additional pressure. But basically, Mac's routine would be wake up early in the morning and he would head over to Malmore by 6 a.m. and he wasn't coming home until probably at 10 o'clock at night. I mean, I think he put a tremendous amount of time into film study. You know, uh, he has a, a girlfriend, Sophie, that would, you know, they, they would go over to the gym late at night and she'd call out plays for him and he'd have to diagram or show him or do the movements or all that, those type of things to kind of just make these things be just automatic in his mind. So to me, you know, sometimes you hear people say, like, well, he was thrown to a wide-open Devontae. Well, part of the reason he's thrown to a wide-open Devontae is because he understood the defenses, he understood the plays that were being called by Coach Sark, and he set up the protections right. So if you do all those things right, you, you know, the chances are you're going to have somebody wide open. But if you don't do it right, then it's going to look just like any other college football team. and He's going to look like any other quarterback. So, you know, I think – 
that was kind of the thing that impressed me the most. So the, you know, the coach Sark and him were totally in sync in terms of the offense. They spent a lot of time figuring out what it was that the defense was going to likely to put up and what plays were going to work best about it to, to play it. And then, you know, obviously they look over the sideline, they they call off protections, and I think. You know, generally, I think they missed one protection the whole night of the national championship, and and obviously that was the the time that Matt got sacked. But you know that that was just a testament to kind of just the hard work that was put in, kind of understanding the plays, understanding the defenses, and you know being able to recognize uh, pre-step movements that caused people to recognize where weaknesses might be in the defense on a particular play, and then understanding the plays enough to know which receiver was going where so that they would have the best chance of being open. So I think he just kind of kept with his routine and, and uh, just was, a, he's a grinder, you know I mean? He, you know, he, I think he obviously has talent, but I think he, 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 he likes to work hard and he likes to be prepared. So, I mean, he, yeah, that's what he did every single day. And, you know, there was no difference any other day of the season. So I think that's what he's going to carry forward into the NFL is he's going to be a, a guy that, that uh, sets the standard for how you need to work in terms of to be a professional and succeed at the next level. He's Gordon Jones, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Gordon Jones, the father of Alabama football national championship quarterback, Mac Jones, joining us here on the show via the In My Own Words hotline. Mr. Gordon, we appreciate you taking time out of your day to spend with us here on a Monday. You stay safe, be good, take care of yourself, man. Tell Mac I said hey. I will do it, Stephen. Thank you to you and for all the coverage you provide for the University of Alabama football team and obviously to John for setting us all, help us getting all set up here. I appreciate it, and it was a lot of fun, and we look forward to another successful uh, University of Alabama team next year, and let's bring home another national championship set the standard. Absolutely. That was Mr. Gordon Jones joining us live here on the In My Own Words Hotline talking Mac Jones and the season he's had and the preparation that went into him being a national championship quarterback. Got to appreciate Mr. Gordon here for spending some time here with us on In My Own Words. We take our next break right now. When we get back, we jump back into the phone lines to take your calls, your thoughts, your ideas, your viewpoints, your opinions. We get back to a dialogue with you, the Tide fans, after this. Don't touch that dial. Call in right now as we're taking your calls up next on In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith. Brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Visit weownthefourthquarter.com now to get your four-finger bling necklace. You know what we do at the start of the fourth quarter. We throw them foes up. But now you don't have to wait until the fourth quarter. Get your four-finger bling necklace at weownthefourthquarter.com. It's the first and only logo that captures the essence of all Crimson Tide players and fans as we represent the legendary Alabama football fourth quarter dominance. Get your four-finger bling necklace right now at weownthefourthquarter.com. Get yours today and stun on them haters. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. 
Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. As we are back into the action here, folks, from the break of a number one show for Crimson Tide Football News, in my own words, with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Got to, I got to always continue to thank my man, Mr. Gordon Jones, the father of Alabama Football National Championship quarterback Mac Jones, for joining us in the previous segment. Interview was awesome with him. Got to also shout out. Tobias Brookins, Tobias Brookins donating that $20, $20 into the TDA hat there via the Super Chats. Appreciate that love coming in from one Tobias Brookins. Also, before we go to the phone lines to take your phone calls, courtesy of the Blue Wrench Gang, we got to check out our latest sponsor, MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag, latest sponsor here to TDA. So, if you're feeling fortunate, you're feeling lucky, you're feeling like you can make some money here on some Alabama football, you check out mybucky.ag. You make the right play today and sign up at mybucky.ag. And when you do sign up, when you do choose to sign up, you use the promo code TD Alabama to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to a thousand bucks. Can't beat that with a stick. You make the right play when you go to mybucky.ag, sign up, use the promo code TD Alabama, get that deposit matched halfway all the way up to $1,000. Can't beat that with a stick. That's mybucky.ag. Check out our guys, mybucky.ag today. But we're going out to take your phone calls, 205-448-1358, the number two. Call in and let your voice be heard on the show, 205-448-1358. We take a call right now. You're live on the show. What's going on? Hey, how's it going? This is Tobias calling from Fresno. What's going on, Steven? Doing good, Tobias. How you feeling, man? Man, I'm feeling great, man. Anytime I can catch one of the shows, sometimes I miss them, you know, when they're going live, but I always go back and, and check it out, man. And this MLK Day uh, just has been a, a great uh, breath of fresh air, just thinking about all everything we can do as a nation, just really, you know, positive, feeling good. And, and you as a black man, dude, you're just doing a great job. It just shows that, man, it doesn't matter what you come from, where you've been, what your color is. You can do great things. You just keep – man, I just – man, just seeing you, I just want you to know, man, you're an example, man. You you, you represent, man, America in a great way, dude, because you just keep grinding. And, and I'm seeing doors opening up for you, and I had to throw in a super chat while I was watching the show because I'm like – I remember, man, when, you know, just a few years back and, and you was on your, I had your podcast and I would always check out your podcast. And I even remember some people trying to hate on you. And I'm like, this dude is a beast, man. He knows he's, everything you do is excellent. And now you're on Paul Feinbaum. And I can't wait to see you, man, um, hitting ESPN up more and just everything you're doing. So I just wanted to commend you for that. First of all, you know, calling you, man. That, that was my first reason for calling to tell you that. <clears throat> and Appreciate the that right there, man. Thing, yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's just you, you, you beast. So just keep doing what you're doing, man. And uh, it just shows, man, like I said, American values, 
if you work hard, man, I know that there's, there's inequality, different places that people have to fight. But I do believe that if you work hard, man, those doors are open up for you. You got to take advantage of it. But this is what I was thinking about. I said, I got a call also for this. I've been going through the Alabama roster over and over. You know, some of us as fanatics, we're already trying to map out what it's going to look like. And, Stephen, you the expert. you one of the experts. That offensive line, I know Cohen got some time in. I know Tommy Brown got some time in. But who do you see filling in the rest of this line? Now, Owens, I, I think Owens, I want to pump him up. I never, I never talk down to any kids and stuff like that. I'm an ex, you know, uh, NCAA uh, baller myself, you know, full scholarship player. So I, I know what it feels like to have the media kind of talking down on you and your development. You know, but, you know, Owens is a, a developmental player. He did great. I mean, hot big ups to Owens. So now we got three pieces on the right side, at least to start out with. Who's filling in those other two spots, in your opinion? I think right now at, at right tackle, Tobias, because I feel like I feel like Saban's going to take Evan Neal and flip Evan Neal to, to left tackle. So at right tackle, I, I would keep my eyes on the freshman J.C. Latham coming in here from IMG Academy. If he comes in here and he really burns it up, J.C. Latham has a chance to start. This is a guy that Dr. Ballou, I mean Dr. Matt Ray and Coach David Ballou know very well from their days at IMG. Uh, the best friend of J.C. Latham is actually Evan Neal, who's at Alabama right now. So I would keep my eyes on Latham at right tackle if he comes in and he tears it up. If he has some struggles, I could see Javion Cohan taking that job at right tackle, or maybe a Tommy Brown if he's gotten better with his footwork and his coordination. But the guy I'm looking for at right tackle, keep your eyes on J.C. Latham. At that left guard position, watch, um, watch Pierce Quick. Watch Pierce Quick. That guy's a junkyard dog. He's mean. He's nasty. He's physical. He could have gotten on the field a lot more of his past year. I don't know why he did not. But I look at this upcoming season for 2021. Keep your eyes on Pierce Quick at left guard and J.C. Latham potentially at right tackle. Stephen, that man, you pumping me up now. Because, see, Pierce Quick – I've been big on him because, you know, he basically won that class. I mean, he was on the phones. I, I was checking out. I'm looking at his Twitter feed when he was getting recruited. He was getting everybody on board. And you just like to see good people have good things happen for him. I thought his size that he didn't develop in the side. But, you know, it, it doesn't take that heat event. That's good to hear. My next question is this, man, Stephen. Now, who is going to break out in the receiver ranks? Because I know Mechie is bomb. Once he gets healed up. Slay Bolton, bomb. Then we saw Baker come in a little bit. We also saw finally Xavier. I've been waiting for Xavier to hit the field. Now, based on your reporting, you were saying that this new class coming in is like, you know, just beast mode coming in. So I'm like, oh, man, are these guys that are behind not going to see the field? What do you think is going to happen in the one and twos in the receiver? Now I think I think I think Xavier I think Xavier Williams I think Zigzag Xavier Williams is going to finally get more exposure. To me, he's a bigger version of our Darius Stewart, and our Darius Stewart was underrated when he was at Alabama, but a very productive receiver. I like Xavier Williams. I like Slade Bolden, but one of these young guys to keep your eye on. Watch JoJo Earl 
the freshman coming in from Alito, Texas. He came out of nowhere in the recruiting cycle, and I feel like this guy right here has got the speed to possibly be maybe a Henry Ruggs 2.0, if you will. I like JoJo Earl. I really do. Keep your eyes on him. But we appreciate Tobias Brookins there for that phone call. Appreciate that love there coming from Tobias calling to the show. But, but definitely keep your eyes on one JoJo Earl. But kind of a cool topic right now to get into as we continue taking your phone calls, 205-448-1358. But I'm going to call. I'm going to be a part of the show. And it goes to Bama's two freshmen that made the Football Riders Association of America all, well, freshman All-America team. And that's Malachi Moore and William Anderson. Very proud of both of these young men right here because they came to a program at a time where you had the coronavirus pandemic. We're still in the pandemic right now, but they didn't have spring football. They didn't have a typical summer workout session. They didn't have a, tic- a typical fall camp. They had to teach themselves the defense on Zoom, and both guys had stellar seasons. I'm talking about there were moments where Malachi looked like the best defensive back in the secondary. This young man right here, 44 tackles, four of those for loss, uh, six pass breakups. Uh, two quarterback hurries, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, three interceptions, one touchdown. And then Will Anderson, we, we're looking at ten and a half tackles for loss. We're talking seven sacks, eight quarterback hurries, a combined 52 total quarterback pressures. He got in the face of opposing quarterbacks. And as the season got deeper from the Iron Bowl throughout the remainder of the year, he really, really turned it on and proved true all of the comparisons he was kind of getting to one Tim Williams, former Alabama pass rusher, uh, with the program here. So big kudos to Malachi Moore and Will Anderson. They came in here. They put their nose to the grindstone. They dominated, played outstanding football, highly deserving of being on the Football Riders Association of America all oh, freshman All-America team, expecting great things for both of those two in years to come here. But we take our next break here on the show. Upon our return, we'll get into the reason why we need spring football this year. I'm going to dive into one of the critical reasons why Bama needs spring football this March and April. We'll talk about it after this. If you're an avid Alabama Crimson Tide fan and you love to flaunt it, then show your Alabama Crimson Tide support by grabbing the Alabama sneakers. They feature bold Crimson Tide graphics, so no one will be able to question where your allegiance lies. When you add these sweet sneakers to your Alabama Crimson Tide collection, go to stsfootwear.com and use the code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. That's code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. Go to stsfootwear.com and get your Alabama sneakers today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. 
Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. All right, people, we are back in from the break, tidying up some loose ends here on what is the hottest show on the streets, number one forum for all things Crimson Tide football news. In my own words, with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. And before we get into the final topic here, got to remind you of TDAware.com. That is TDAware.com. Now, we got two new shirts for you guys. Two new shirts that represent Alabama getting that 18th national championship. And on the back of one of the shirts, it's got all of the national championships that Alabama has won and it's illustrious history on the back of one of those shirts. So you check out TDAWare.com. We got you covered right here. All of the shirts, hoodies, styles, fashions. Make us your one-stop shop, your Alabama football clothing, purchasing apparel needs. We got you right here, TDAWare.com. That is TDAWare.com. Rep your program, rep your team, rep your 18 national championships on those shirts. That being the Crimson Tide, check us out right there, TDAWare.com. But as we now get into the reason why we need spring football, Alabama, Alabama, you guys as the fans, we need spring football this year, especially after getting through a season where – we adjusted things, we altered things, we were able to maneuver things and have a season despite the global COVID-19 pandemics. We were able to uh, we were able to multitask and get through the unprecedented season. And because we were able to do that, I feel like this time around, this spring, we should be in a much better situation. We should be in a much better outlook to have spring football in some sort of capacity. And the biggest reason why I feel like we need spring is there are some questions that need to be answered. Last year, we kind of dealt with trial by fire, and a lot of you were angry. Well, not angry. Angry is a strong word. A lot of you were frustrated. A lot of you were bothered because you really want to have spring football last year because so many of you wanted to see Bryce Young, wanted to see a lot of these other freshmen and older, experienced veteran players. But because of the situation that we were in our world, we could not have spring football so now even though the trial by fire for 2020 ended the right way it ended with Alabama hoisting the national championship to end that campaign this time around you guys are starving for can we get spring football want to see an a-day game want to see some scrimmages want to see some bullets flying want to see you know some action out there on the field due to not having it last spring. And one of the biggest reasons why, the quarterback room for Alabama this year. With that, with uh, Mac Jones pursuing the NFL draft, you're looking at Bryce Young, Paul Tyson, and an incoming freshman by the name of Jalen Milrow from Texas. And uh, first and foremost, where Bryce Young is concerned, we're already seeing the media excited about him. 
really excited about Bryce. One outlet in particular, Fox Sports, and its media pundit, R.J. Young, already has Bryce as a Heisman sleeper for the 2021 season. You have a lot of these other outlets that have put up their way too early draft projections for Alabama for next season, and Young has been listed as the starting quarterback on those. There was even a moment when uh, when Jones came out of the game in the fourth quarter, late fourth quarter there, to that outstanding ovation at Hard Rock Stadium, he handed the ball to Bryce Young. So when Mack gave Bryce Young the ball, everybody immediately thought, okay, this is the passing of the torch. This is symbolic. This is Mack saying, Bryce, this is your team. Bryce, this is your program. Bryce, this is your offense. This, people saw it as this is Mac handing the torch to Bryce. And while I can see that being a symbolic feature here, Bryce Young this past season completed 13 of 22 passes for 154 yards, had a touchdown pass to uh, Devontae Smith this past season. But there's going to be a lot of competition here in this room. I'm excited to see what Bryce can do. I'm happy to see what Bryce can do as a former five-star, by the way, of modern-day high school in California. But there's a lot of competition. And the first guy you got to think about is Paul Tyson. Paul Tyson, to me, is somebody to definitely keep your eye on. This was a very accurate quarterback in high school. He would trust Trustville High School in Alabama. We're talking about a guy that was 19-5 and as a starter, more than six, more than uh, 6,500 passing yards, 69 touchdowns, just 13 picks. A guy that's legitimately 6'5", 230 pounds. Big body here. Big body. Very strong. Very accurate arm. Uh, when I've gotten the chance to speak to different people within the program, for starters like Paul Tyson, the contributing players like Paul Tyson, the walk-ons like Paul Tyson, the equipment managers like Paul Tyson, everybody on the team down to the darn water and towel boys love themselves some Paul Tyson. So Paul is really somebody to keep your eye on. I had a chance about a good two years ago to have a conversation with Bobby Humphrey, former Alabama running back Bobby Humphrey. And Humphrey was one of the first guys to really work with Tyson on his mechanics. And from talking to him, you know, he sat down with me and he said, Stephen, I have never seen a high school quarterback coming out of the state of Alabama as accurate as Paul Tyson is. This guy puts the ball on the money. The receivers don't have to turn. They don't have to overly adjust or overly contort for the ball. The ball is right there in the breadbasket, perfect every single time. So Paul Tyson is somebody you don't sleep on this young man. And I've been saying this for quite some time now. Yes, he's Paul Bear Bryant's great-grandson, but bigger than the name. And to me, he's kind of Mac Jones 2.0 in a sense of, remember, Mac, came, Mac endured a lot of criticism in the preseason. He's not all that great, not all that good. He's not Tua. He's not like Tua. And we saw what Mac Jones did, and we saw how he snapped, and we saw how he came out the bag and had a season that, one of the greatest ever in the history of Alabama football. So here comes Paul Tyson, 
enduring the same type of criticism. The only reason why Bama got him is he Paul Bear Bryant, great grand boy, ain't nothing special, ain't nothing big, ain't nothing exciting. I'm telling you people, watch Paul Tyson. Nothing to sneeze about where this young man is concerned. He's coming, he's coming, he's gunning, and he's coming high. But that's number two. The third name is Jalen Milrow, the freshman from Texas. And what intrigues me about him is, remember the last quarterback Alabama got from Texas named Jalen? Jalen Hurts from the Houston area, that 2016 class. Remember, he came in and he pushed everybody else in the transfer portal. He basically, he basically was like, Drake, the game needs changing and I'm the cashier. That was Jalen Milrow. The game needs changing and I'm the cashier. My time is now. Get out the way, make the beats, move. My turn. That's what Jalen Hurts did. Does Jalen Milrow have that type of moxie? Does Jalen Milrow have that type of mindset? Can he do the exact same thing that Hurts did from 2016 and shock the entire Alabama football program and he becomes the starting quarterback because he's got a lot of talent, a lot of talent, a lot of gifts, a lot of tools, a lot of potential, but can he come in here and do what Jalen Hurts did a few years back and take Alabama football by storm and become the starter. So one of the reasons why, people, we need spring football, this quarterback room for 2021 this year, the competition on the field this year, going to be very, very intriguing. Everybody talking Bryce Young. I'm excited to see what Bryce Young can do, but do not blink your eye at Paul Tyson and do not blink your eye at Jalen Milrow. This is going to be really fun right here. But as always, Tide Nation, you want the best in news, notes, information, and coverage on your favorite your favorite program, that being Alabama football, you can get this by accessing the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app. You download the app from the iPhone App Store. If you're rocking Team Apple, Google Play Store, if you've got the Android phone. For your audio listening needs, we got you right here. iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, Overcast.fm, or iHeartRadio. If the good and gracious Lord sees fit, I'll be back on Wednesday. Continuing the conversation that is Thai football. As always, Alabama fans, you purchase individual copies of Touchdown Alabama magazine. Have those sent to your door. That link will be found in the description. Also, be on the lookout for the new print edition, the new print issue of Touchdown Alabama magazine coming soon. And if you subscribe to touchdownalabama.com, subscribe to the site touchdownalabama.com you can get you a free copy of the print issue of the magazine that is coming soon also you can copy that four finger bling necklace four finger bling jewelry courtesy of we own the fourth quarter.com that link will be in the description as well but until next time folks husbands love your wives wives appreciate value those husbands children continue doing the right things, those things legitimately to not be bored. Get you those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. Protect yourself. Protect the loved ones around you. Until next time, folks, spin in my own words. 